May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you. So I, I said I wanted to call this Sing a New Song, but that was because I thought that that thing I sang was going to be my sermon. <laughs> and because I thought that was a good way to tie in World Religion Day and Shabbat Shira and all the things we were feeling. And then I realized there's a time with kids, and I said, ooh, that would be a good thing to do with kids. And I have a lot more I want to say. But then Susan and I were trying to figure out, what did I say last time? <laughs> and so I first have to start with a little story that says that in the Torah, and, and by the way, when I say Torah, I mean five books of Moses, you know, general electric lights never dim, those five books. And um, so in the, in the Torah, which can either be just the five books of Moses or all of Jewish knowledge, because it has to do with the word of not knowing, of learning, it teaches us about Passover. In fact, that's part of what we read about today as we were leaving Egypt and free as, uh, freed from slavery. That's what we read about this weekend. And then just a few paragraphs later, it tells us about Passover again. And the way we look at it, if God says something once, you don't have to say it again. That's it. You don't get a second chance. So if God says it twice, there's obviously something significant. So the rabbi sat long and hard to figure out why we had to learn this lesson twice, and especially in such close proximity. And I love the answer that the rabbis came up with for this one. I don't always agree with the rabbis. I have to warn you that. But this one I really love. I don't always agree with all the rabbis. There's got to be one I can find that I like all the time. But, but in this one they say, God created us to be forgetful creatures intentionally, and you'll, you're getting to see, especially those of us who remember Burma Shave will understand why I say that I love this about God, that God created us to be forgetful creatures, because if we weren't forgetful, then let's say we sat and read Torah for three years, learned the whole thing, we wouldn't have to look at it again. We would never have to keep coming back here to try to get spiritual reinforcement, because we've already heard these words before, and it wouldn't help for us to hear it again, because we knew it already. But the truth is that each time we hear these again, sometimes we forget, and sometimes we hear it, and we are different, even though the words stay the same. So we get new insights. So I may or may not have told you some of these stories last time. If I did, hopefully you'll get new insights from them. And if I didn't, then I'm glad I'm getting to tell them to you, because there are some of my favorite stories about diversity and about seeking seeking not just to find answers to who you want to be, but how other people are finding it as well. There's a wonderful, I don't know if it's a pillow or a poster or something that said, um, learn from other people's mistakes because life is too short to make them all by yourself. <laughs> I like that about life. <laughs> and I like that about how other people share some of their insights. So here's an insight that I gained once when I had a, a group of teenagers coming not from the Shreveport area, but outside of town, and they supposedly were in a world religion class. And they came to visit. They were coming to, they had a field trip. We're going to a number of different houses of worship. It is possible that they came here. I have no idea. <laughs> but I doubt it because <laughs> the, the, they walk in and the teacher said, they know to call you rabbi. I said, well, thank you. They, she said, because we studied. <laughs> now, before I say this sentence, I have to tell you, I am usually a very, very, very safe person to ask questions of. I pride myself on that. You can say things, and it could be sweetly naive, and I will not even crack a smile to make you see how simple I thought that question was, because everybody who asks a question is serious in what they ask, and I want to 
treat everybody the way I think they want to be treated. That's what I try to aim for. But this is a question that when she said, when she made this statement, I have to admit, I cracked up. She said, they know to call you rabbi because we've studied the four major religions in the world. And I lost it. Four major, there are four major religions? I, I, seriously? What four do you think are the major religions in the world? And I just, I lost it. This is a world religion class. They're trying to be more worldly, and they came to me for that. I love that about them. What are the four, can you name four, the four major religions? I can't do it. And she started with Judaism and Christianity and Islam, not necessarily in that order. And I couldn't even hear her last answer. I was just so blown over by that, that statement. And so, okay, so they're sitting down in my room, and they're from someplace outside of Shreveport. And I said, can I ask you a question? Because that got to me. This concept of four major religions really got to me. And so I said, can I ask you a question? I said, let's just take the three Abrahamic faiths, okay? Judaism, Christianity, Islam. I said, let me ask you a question. Which one is oldest? I mean, they've studied them all, right? Which one is oldest? They didn't know. Like, seriously? Okay, well, let me give you a hint. I said Abrahamic faiths. So who knows who the first Jew was? And they knew that. It was Abraham. I said, well, because they're Abrahamic faiths, I'm going to tell you, Judaism is the oldest. So as the old, now I'm going to ask you a question, and I don't say this word most of the time. This is a stupid question. Do not answer this question. Do you hear me? Stupid question. Don't answer this question. Which of these three Abrahamic faiths of the top four religions that you studied, which one is, which one is right? Don't answer this question. It's a stupid question. So if Judaism is the oldest, it is the most mature. It's closest to the creation. Is Judaism right? And they were dying to answer that question because none of them were Jewish, and they wanted what they were to be right. And I said, it is a stupid question. Do not answer this question. So out of the other two faiths, which one is the next one? They had no idea. And I said, well, let me point out that... um, you know, we live in a technological world right now. So often 2.0 is considered an improvement over 1.0. The technology improves. We think that we know more than our ancestors did. We've learned more about the world and things. So which one out of the two religions that are left do you think is the newer one? Is the newest one? The newer one, do you know? No idea. I said, all right. And they, they wanted, obviously, Christianity to be the youngest of all of them now that I gave them that prep because I said that, you know, the 2.0, so obviously 3.0 is even better, right? I said, it's a stupid question. Don't answer me. Who's right? I said, so when you studied Quran, when you studied about Islam and you read Quran, did you read about how Moses is a prophet and Jesus is a prophet? Well, but they never studied Quran. I don't know how you study Islam and not ever studying anything about Quran. And if I were a teacher in a school that's some, somewhere outside of Caddo Parish and all I knew were Christians, and that's all I'd know, I would want to say that the Quran says that Jesus was a prophet. I would want to find that out, and I would say that. I think that's a very helpful thing to know, but they didn't even know that. I don't know what they did learn, and I'm sorry about that. But, but anyway, so we finally got to a point where they had... They knew that Christianity came second, and they wanted that to be right, and that Islam came third, and they didn't want that to be right, and now they understood why I was saying, it's not a good question to ask which one is right. I hope that you find what you need in your search, in your seeking. I hope you find people that are seeking in like ways to you. They may not even come up with the same answers. 
I always love that when I finish sitting down and studying Torah or worshiping with people, that I feel like I've got more questions than answers. Uh, Friday night, my president had uh, the president of the congregation. He doesn't always do this. He doesn't always ad lib, and he he went off his his sheet of announcements, and he said something that I loved. And I can't tell you which rabbi it was that said it. He quoted a rabbi, and it said that every quest begins with a question. So as you are seeking, don't you like that? That's good. As you are seeking, I want you to remember that. It's about questions. It's not about finding the answers so much as trying to figure out what question it is that you're asking. What is it that's important to you about finding meaning in life? What is it? Are you happy with what you already have? That's okay. You can still keep searching. I hope you're happy with what you already have and still keep searching. I love that there are places in Torah that talk about the things that you're supposed to search for. For example, there's this very powerful statement that says, Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdof. It's a commandment. Jews have 613 commandments. And sometimes that feels overwhelming until you realize that things like love your neighbor as yourself, that's one. And this one, Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdof, which is righteousness or justice, justice shall you pursue. And pursue means run after it. It doesn't just mean do it. It means you have to run after it. And that's another case where if God said it twice, what does it mean? And some people think it's just to emphasize it. Some people think it's that you want to make sure you have a just justice, not just justice. <laughs> you see what I did there? I, I, I do this every, for the past number of years now, they've asked me to um, help bless the officers of the court for Red Mass. The Catholic Church has a, the first Friday every May, they have a, a, a Mass at Holy Trinity where we bless the officers of the court. And some people, of course, are going to say that's, a conflict of, of state and, and religion, except it's not. It's in a church, and everybody who wanted to walk in the church and everybody who wants to be blessed gets to be blessed by all the clergy who are there, and I always throw everybody gets to help bless. But that's one of the ways that we talk about this. You have to pursue a just justice. That's what we're all here for. I think that the point of faith and the point of our quest is how do we take care of ourselves? How do we take care of each other? And how do we take care of this place where we live? I think that that's our quest. And some days we're going to find different answers than others, but I hope that we keep spending our time refining those questions. How do we take care of ourselves? And remember to take care of ourselves. How do we take care of each other? And remember to take care of each other. How do we take care of this planet? Rabbi Hillel, who was a rabbi about 2,000 years ago, put it this way. He said, Im ein anili mili. If I'm not for myself, who will be for me? Ve'im atmi ma'ani. And if I'm only for myself, what am I? Vim lo achshav ematai. And if not now, when? When? I think I have a song to sing now. Can I say one other thing then about a new song? I'll come to this one. Um, 
some of you know me already, and I love that about the fact that I come here and I see people who I have already known, and I love this. Um, my, my father, may, of a blessed memory, was a, a jazz musician. He was actually a world-renowned jazz musician. He was on The Tonight Show. He toured with every big name you ever saw. Did you get to see that, that Clark Terry movie that was playing at the Robinson? He was the first guy who proposed to me. I still have the picture of when I was eight and he proposed to me. Um, and, and my dad, was, as a matter of fact, we like to say, you know you've made it big in the world. You know you're really famous when the New York Times crossword puzzle has you as the answer. And, and dad was the answer to a New York Times crossword puzzle. Pretty cool, huh? Um, but dad's last eight years, he lived in Israel. He lived in Jerusalem. His, his wife, after he was divorced from my mom, he married a woman in, who, whose family was from Jerusalem, and he lived in Jerusalem for the last eight years of his life. And he started a school called the International School of Jazz. And he had the Christians and the Jews and the Muslims all playing together all the time. Every week there were... They, the students learned by playing. They didn't learn by, like, books. They just played. And every week they would have two, I guess their exams kind of were, there was a, a gig in Ramallah and a gig in Jerusalem. And he, they did that every single week until Intifada started, and they, they, we couldn't get over the border, they couldn't get over the border, whoever the we and the they were. And so they had to stop that. Um, Dad also smoked three packs of cigarettes a day and, and died of lung cancer. And so some of that legacy ended, but um, I believe in music as being a way to help us find peace, find our voices. Diddle deedle dum is a good way to find the answers to the questions. So the song that I picked as our closing song is a song that I learned a few years ago that's a song that we sing in Arabic and Hebrew together. The word for peace in Hebrew is Shalom. And shalom, you use it for hello and goodbye because you're wishing each other peace when you come in and when you go out. As you greet them and as you leave them, you wish them peace. Shalom also means completeness. It doesn't mean to have everything. It's not just the absence of war. It's about being complete. Are you okay with each other? That's shalom. So I like singing this one that's in it's Arabic and Hebrew, and the words are, Od yavo shalom aleinu, which means od is yet or still. Yavo means will come. Shalom is peace. Aleinu, upon us. So it's an awkward translation when you have to do it word by word in English, but it means peace will come uh, still. We're still thinking that peace will come. Od yavo shalom aleinu. And we say it three times, and then it says ve'al kulam, and on everyone. And then the chorus is salam. Peace. Upon us and on all the world. Salam, salam.